Yeah, here, we're fine. Let me ask you guys something. Whatever happened to predictability? There must be some magic clues inside these gentle walls. Sometimes you get a feeling like you need some kind of change. I don't get any of those references. But each week on Talking Sit, Silas P. and a guest do a deep dive and raise up the sitcoms that raised us. Did Mr. Belvedere really sit on his balls? Why do people call him Uncle Joey when he wasn't related to the Tanners? And does anyone else remember Head of the Class? Find out each week on Talking Sit with Silas P. Hey, Luke. Hey, Mike. What's going on, man? Uh, where, where are we right now? We're in the garage. We're going to be presenting a new podcast called From the Garage, where we're going to be talking everything music. From the garage. From the garage. Live. Not live, but live. Live for us. Live for us. You'll hear it later. Yeah, so uh, if you are hearing birds chirping and uh, traffic and, and whatnot, it's because it's literally being taped in a garage. So uh, so uh, I think the, 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 the goal here is to pretty much talk about just the music that we're listening to and uh, how it kind of... How it applies to real life? Do you say that, that? That does that make sense, Luke? Yeah, maybe like our our worldview or how yeah. uh, we're feeling, what we're listening to, and I feel like me and Mike have quite a diverse taste of music. We like a little bit of everything. Yeah. Um, yeah, for sure. So uh, today's topic, we're going to be talking about Black Flag because that's what I've been listening to lately. Yeah, that's and to be fair, I would just like to back this up with Luke will probably be doing most of the talking because I don't know much about Black Flag other than it's Henry Rollins. Pretty much. Other than that, like, I know a little bit, but um, it's it's taken me a little time to to embrace the flag. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> Mike, tell me what you like about Black Flag from being a very casual, casual listener. Initially, I didn't like Black Flag. Oh, okay. What are the reasons for this? Right. Because my thing was, like, I have a hard time when it comes to things not really being recorded well. Okay. You have Sometimes a, that like, can be kind of a deal breaker for me. Okay. That's why, like, even like Misfits. I, I, I mean, now I love the Misfits, and I'm really warming up to Black Flag. But yeah, it's like it's the same reason why other. Uh, you get like black metal from Norway, right? Yeah. And all those recordings are just hot. They're hot garbage. Yeah, they sound the crap. And I just can't. I just don't. I'm not a fan. Although I'll say this, at least with the metal, like the point is for it to sound terrible. Where I think with the punk bands, it was because you're talking about like low budget. You know what I mean? Like they don't. They just simply don't have money for quality recordings until you get to like a Ramones level where they can. You get a record company to pay for. Yeah. What know? would be something lo-fi that you enjoy? Do you enjoy any kind of music that's more lo-fi recorded? Yeah, I, I guess. But that's what I'm saying is that it, it took me a little while. To to kind of warm up to it and bands like the misfits say for example where it's not the greatest recordings it's 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 
I think that with punk, you can kind of get away with a crappy recording because a crappy recording is still punk. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like it's like you got a you got a shitty tattoo, but if it's like a shitty punk rock tattoo, then it's a cool tattoo. Uh, yeah, it's, Do you know what I mean? It's the uh, aesthetic and maybe the like uh, the ugly ugly is is uh, beautiful aesthetic kind yeah, of yeah, thing. Yeah. And uh, I think also in the with the recordings, you might get. Um, a little bit it's lo-fi because of the urgency of it It like it needed to be made in that moment it didn't have yeah, yeah. time to be made any better right and I right, feel right. like that is the the feature of lo-fi that I enjoy I feel like the immediacy of it sometimes sure, is yeah. is so accurate to the music that is being portrayed in it nice but um yeah, awesome. so Black Flag, let's let's start off. How were you ever introduced? Uh, probably like a T-shirt or a logo first, right? Yeah, I mean you can't. It's the three or the four rather, like the four stripes. Yeah, the, the, the yeah. four bars. Yeah, the four bars. Yeah, there you go. Um, but uh, yeah, it's like you see it. You know, you see it on a T-shirt. Or... So you've, you've definitely, for me at least, I saw it. The logo and the the ideas. Maybe the visual, yeah, very hard before I ever listened to it. Yeah, I, I could you could say maybe the same for like the Ramones, like the T-shirt that yeah. Luke's wearing right now, where it's kind of like the the, the presidential seal yeah, the, style yeah. thing, you know. And that's yeah, you see, you know, that's the thing. I think the strong visual. Yeah, right? that's good, yeah, probably the first band. thing, right? So a good band, strong visual. Yeah. Ramones had uh, their artistic director uh, Artero Vega, I believe his name was. Mm-hmm. He made the presidential seal logo. And most of the Ramones insignia after that, where Black Flag had, oh, I'm going to butcher his name. I believe his name is Raymond, uh, <laughs> oh, what is his name? I don't know. Raymond Pen- Peniton, something of that nature. I pronounced it very wrong, but look it up. You'll find his name. Um, Raymond was Greg Ginn, guitar player of Black Flag's brother. And he created most of the artwork that you see. Um, their first release, um, Nervous Breakdown, he did the artwork on that. Um, that's the first SST release as well, Black Flag's record label run by Greg Ginn. Um, Raymond would do most of the art for Black Flag, and you'll see it on the releases. I feel like it's really the striking image that you first get, and then maybe you'd hear the music. Um because of that, I feel like that made a lot of people maybe afraid of Black Flag. You have um, the police story single. You have a gun in a cop's mouth, and it says <laughs> a, quite a vulgar statement, um, if you would like to look that up. But um, I feel like that was my first introduction. And because of that, when I was uh, younger, maybe I would have stayed away. Um, and for the record, I'm... 27, Mike is 30, so we were not alive in the era of Black Flag, but we had the probably the strong after effect of bands talking about being influenced by Black Flag. Yeah, um, absolutely. So let's maybe talk about the music. What songs have you been listening to lately maybe that you enjoy? Um... Like we, song title wise, I can't. I, I have a hard time. But like, slip it in was a was a tune. Yeah, we, the we live, just listened to. 
Yeah, yeah, we just uh, listened to... Uh, well, actually, why don't you tell them what we just listened to? Yeah, we were just listening to the Black Flag uh, 1982 demos. Um, this version of the band was never officially recorded, so this would be a bootleg. Um, it's very easy to find on YouTube. Um, so... We were listening to that, um, and I feel like Mike was coming at it as more of a metalhead, enjoying the sludginess mm. of Black Flag, yeah. which is the big controversy, really, of Black Flag, is that they got sludgy and heavy and more metal-like, and that's very unpunk rock, um, as you as like formulaic punk rock, where you would be playing... Uh, fast speeds like that. I feel like be- they were coming at it that it was so punk rock that they weren't playing fast anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, I've heard it related to uh, Bob Dylan going electric, where oh, that okay. maybe had yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah um, this book I'm I was I'm just really digging into the audiobook Highly recommended. It's called uh, Our Band Can Be Your Life. They track um, 13 bands in the 1980s underground. Black Flag is uh, one of the bands that's um featured in the book um yeah they related that uh the folk movement to the punk movement where when dylan had gone electric maybe that like split up the audience and maybe really killed it oh, where, i mean they called him judas yeah, <laughs> you yeah, know? yeah so like let's be real here it's okay clearly, so was, you get that going get impact. so let's talk about in the 1980s where black flag is playing and there are cops at the show breaking it up and their fans are almost attacking, not almost, are are physically attacking the band while they're playing. So you have this confrontation of a band creating art that is challenging the audience to the point where the audience doesn't really even like the music, which is, in my opinion, fascinating. Yeah. I mean, would you say that... So let's... Okay, let's try to dial it back a little bit. In, ter- in terms of a timeline, right? So we're talking Black Flag Forms what year? Do you know? I believe 1977, they start really rumbling. I think it might be before that. So 77, right? And then if you think about, okay, when punk really came onto the scene, we're talking 70s, right? Kind of in the aftermath of like... 1976 would be Black Flag. Would be the first Black Flag. Okay. Yep. So you're talking... Se- so. Punk rock happens in the 70s, kind of in the aftermath of, uh, you know, no one needs educating on kind of the music of the late 1960s, the psychedelic 60s and everything. Things tend to start getting warm. Then you start having like kind of these, you know, the Zeppelins and the the natural progression then goes into kind of like the iconic like early 70s to mid 70s kind of big heavy rock bands, your Aerosmiths and so on or whatever. And then punk comes from where, really? I mean, it's the great debate, right? American punk or... I'd say America all the British way. punk. All, all the way. I feel like punk is an American idea. You think so, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I feel like British people maybe took punk afterwards and, like, made a costume. What would you say is the... Ooh, made it a costume. Yeah. Yeah. It's put it on. I feel like that's the main difference in Black Flag. I feel like Black Flag never put on the costume. They were living the life. Mm. And not living the life as... They were very authentically... Punk for them wasn't necessarily... An outfit. It it was was a lifestyle. It was a lifestyle. And that lifestyle wasn't being dirty to be dirty. It was being 
dirty because the music you were playing was dirty. Mm. It was it was method acting. Yeah, yeah. In a way, it's kind of like the anti music. Yeah, yeah, definitely. You know, definitely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, talking punk. Where 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 does Black Flag come out of? I feel like Black Flag comes out of the Ramones. I feel mm. like. The Ramones would come through. I feel like bands would come see them, and I feel like the Ramones maybe were the. And this is why I would say the Ramones were influential on the first scale, mm. uh, first band to tour, really, first band to go out of their city, so like first punk band to, to leave. They to, yeah. they did leave New York eventually. Like do, the, do the thing, yeah. And when they left New York, they would play the whiskey in L.A. and. Greg Ginn would go, I believe, and they would, you know, go see these bands and get ideas, and maybe I can do this, mm. you know? Um, I believe that is where it comes out of. Um, Black Flag, for me, is also super American. It's very uh, angry. Angry, angry, angry. So that's also what I would say separated them from their peers. Um, right. Uh, punk is angry, but you have. Um, well, would you say that most most angry punk is politically angry punk? Oh, okay. Versus maybe anger that is anger with one's life, as opposed to like a yeah, like a like a bigger scale. Like this is how the politicians are fucking up. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, you know, yeah. Does okay. that make sense? I don't. No, 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 no. I hear what you're saying. So like, there's two kind. You're saying that there's more than one kind of anger, which is very specific to say in Black Flag's case, because Black Flag would write introspective songs as opposed to outward facing songs, where you're uh, maybe talking to somebody about changing their at their attitude or the way they think. I think Black Flag was trying to make you. Uh, just it was straight rage. I think that's really what it was. And, uh, and maybe underscore maybe having the listener understand the outrage with themselves. Yeah, does or, that make sense? Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I, <laughs> I, no, I think that that's as as someone that's like outside looking in. You're not like a huge, but you're. I think you're picking up on some of the key ideas, like um, of. Of the fact that it's a, it's an inner kind of rage. It's a uh, if someone's telling you to live your life a certain way, mm. I feel like these people were really telling their real message was you don't have to live the way somebody's telling you that you have to live. Mm. You know? Yeah, and really, not to get too whatever, but I mean that's that's a revolutionary thought, isn't it? Like go against the grain, kind of march to the beat of your own drum. Like these are all. These are all much more punk rock statements than a mohawk. Yeah. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that sure. that's yeah. where they're they're coming from. And with this band comes division also. I feel like this is mm. this is the divisive band in um punk music. So let's talk like straight maybe some timeline here. You get Black Flag performing in the early in the or not performing rather release start to release records in the late seventies. Um, I believe nineteen seventy seven is the Nervous Breakdown single that was released by the band. Um, this single comes out with no major label backing it, so hmm. they put it out themselves, which is. Amazing, like th- think about that. They put yeah. out a vinyl record all by themselves, so the immediate, I think, idea was 
nobody's nobody wants to put this out. We have to put it out ourselves. Yeah. We have to do everything ourselves. Um, so they released Nervous Breakdown um, with their original lead singer, Keith Morris, of the Circle Jerks. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the first incarnation of the band. That band is rowdy, punky, and I think more fun than the Henry Rollins era. Yeah. So I feel like they are maybe more influenced by the Ramones and Sex Pistols. Um, it's fast, but it's a little bit slower. Yep. Um, highly recommend the Nervous Breakdown single. Check it out. Um, it's included on an album called um, The First Four Years, which is great. It's all the first four years of the band. And I will say, as a novice of listening to Black Flag, a great entry-level yeah. listen I feel like or a Black Flag listener because I jumped the gun. I went straight into like uh, what's it, my war and all that stuff, and I kind of got turned off. Like I'm not gonna lie, I was like, eh, I don't really know about this. But then you listen back, you need context, you need kind of like you, you know, it's like with anything. Like I wasn't a big Beach Boys fan, but I learned about Brian Wilson and I learned what was happening around the time where he was releasing like Pet Sounds and all that and recording. Um, the smile sessions and everything. And then once you get the context, you can kind of relate to the music a little bit better. And I think now that I'm expanding my knowledge of the band, I'm understanding what was happening. And, you know, you get a context. You you know, it, it, it can kind of root you yeah, in, like, what am I actually listening to? So that's why I think with their early works, it's it's way more, it's much more approachable with not having much knowledge of the band. Once you get to the Rollins era where things start to kind of go dark, you know, and then you learn, like, all the current, like, that they were literally starving on tour, then you're like, oh, maybe I understand why Henry Rollins was so pissed off yeah. for such a long time. And that's why it ref- it's, it's reflected in the music. It's in the songs, you know? Yeah, so you would say maybe it's definitely lighter, the first era of the band. Yeah. Um, after the Nervous Breakdown single, uh, Keith Morris exits the band. You get lead singer... Des Kadena in. Um, Des, I believe, was a fan of the band, would go and see their shows, um, and just came and ended up doing vocals for the band. Um, they released the Louie Louie single. Um, I also believe the Police Story single. Um, and that f- version of the band was the first band that, all, that went to tour. So this is also okay. a very important... Um, element in the story of Black Flag. Um, So when you went to tour back in the day as a band, you toured behind a major label. Major labels sent bands out to tour Mm -hmm. where Black Flag was not on a major label. They were putting out their own records. And so where where are they going to play? That is the big question. Mm -hmm. The Ramones came in and kind of had set that groundwork a couple years earlier. Mm -hmm. But if we're talking why independent bands tour to this day, it is undoubtedly Black Flag. 100% Black Flag. They were the people who were putting in phone calls. They were making networks. The work ethic of this band is it's unrivaled in their era. Um, maybe the Dead Kennedys, who are also putting out records, touring heavily in this era, they were also a band at the forefront. But Black Flag is early touring. They're really moving. They're really doing dates. Um, and this is the first version of the band to tour. 
um, with Dez on vocals. They go and they meet almost every other punk scene in the United States. They go and they meet Henry over in D.C. They eat. They meet meet eat. <laughs> they meet Ian uh, Mackay over in Washington D.C. Ian Mackay being of minor threat. Um, and they see that scene kind of going on, uh, Bad Brains, then mm. they meet all these different bands. They have these phone numbers now, and now it becomes easier to tour. These other bands are asking Black Flag, hey, how are you doing this? And they're saying, this is how we're doing it. We're doing it ourselves. We're putting out our own records. Oh, you put out your own records? How did that happen? Mm. He says, I looked it up in the phone book. There was a record pressing plant. I called them. I gave them the stuff. We have records. You can do it too. You can do it too. Yeah, yeah. This was the the ethos of Black Flag. Uh, the name of Henry Ron's book, Get in the Van. Do it. Do it now. I, I feel like that is where they were coming from. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it's suiting too. I think the reason why we chose Black Flag as the topic of conversation for this is because, like us, for us, this podcast, you know, it's just doing it, man. And I think uh, that's music can has the power to kind of influence. Yeah, what, what you, you do is what you do in your life. It's you know what I mean. Like it's sounds silly, but it's it's all it's an all encompassing art form. It it influences how you feel that day. Like what do you? What's the first thing you listen to that day? That can uh, you know for for passionate music listeners. I think for everybody to a certain extent, like it can. Like if I get up in the morning and I put on like a Doors album, the rest of the day it's almost kind of like through the lens of Jim Morrison. You know what I'm saying? It's like it has this music has this cool ability to to kind of change the way that you look at the world. Mm. You know, or in contrast, if you're having a rough time and you can put on something, and if you're just you're, I mean, to be real, like sometimes you're just really pissed off. So sometimes blasting Black Flag as loud as it can go, you know what I mean, can be like a real therapeutic thing, even though it's it's kind of an aggressive. Music, it still can, you know, it can enrich your your life and your day. So yeah, like uh, okay, and and this I feel it goes well with the the lyric theme. I feel like this is the yeah another like it's me like the message is maybe it's healthier to scream. I'm about to have a nervous breakdown. <laughs> My head really hurts. You know, yeah, I gotta yeah, find yeah. Out a way out of this. I'm gonna go berserk. Yeah. Like <laughs> that lyric, you know, it's funny. And you can laugh about it, but you can also scream it and kind of get some, like, you're like, man, I'm going to have a nervous breakdown soon. Like, pff, right, man. Right, it's right. Like, and you get aggression out. Yeah. With, without, without, you know, let's talk, Black Flag is very violent. Their shows were violent. Yeah. But at the same time, you can listen to it now, kind of removed and not feel that and kind of it's like writing an angry letter crumbling it up and throwing it away yeah it's that I feel like you can really get that out which is I feel like that's one of the uh, that's a great legacy of that kind of music I feel like a lot of people now do realize that uh, angry music doesn't have to be angry right yeah 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 I mean saying or angry music is angry but you can look at it and say hey man that's some heavy anger. That's pretty cool. Right. Without having to act on it. Yeah, I mean... Or acting on it musically is the release that's giving you, you know, that you're angry. Put on a Black Flag record. Scream a little bit. You might feel a little bit better. Yeah, right, like, right, right. <laughs> that's the release. Yeah. Oh, Or the message is also start your own band. Do your own thing. Get your own release. Yeah. Do it yourself. That is the message. Yeah. So, 
let's get back into a little bit of timeline. Mm. And we're gonna go to like Henry Rollins there. Um, Which is would you would you say Henry Rollins the classic lineup, right? I feel like it's the most familiar, um, and I feel like that's for a couple of reasons. One, Henry Rollins is very famous for not being the black flag. Uh, yeah, you know right. what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like you see, it's almost like we were talking earlier. How did you first meet Black Flag? The logo, probably, but also probably Henry, especially our age. Yeah, Mike being 30, me being 27. You, we definitely saw him on TV, probably talking on VH1. Yeah, I was literally right? just gonna say, yeah, like the you know, like those crazy countdown shows that they used to have, where it's like hundred greatest, <laughs> hundred greatest rock the rock albums of all time. all time. And maybe Henry Rollins wasn't. Maybe Black Flag wasn't necessarily on the list, but he was sure being interviewed to talk about, say, Frank Zappa or somebody. You um, know what I mean? Like I him, specifically, him. Yeah, I specifically <laughs> remember him, uh, Henry, commenting on Funky Town. <laughs> and uh, I look it up on YouTube and he's like, I will you take me to Funky Town? <laughs> and it's very funny, uh, but very earnest and, and uh, it's very cool. Uh, but uh, so that's probably like why a lot of people know Black Flag too is because yeah. Henry is so famous for being in movies and Rollins band and yeah. commenting and you know yeah, yeah. that kind and of he's, he's spoken words yes yeah. uh, get in the van if you're talking about Black Flag uh, look that up mm-hmm. um, it's I think it's on YouTube um, it's also on Amazon Music um, and it, it tells the tour story through Henry Rollins' eyes. So during the Henry Rollins era, though, were there any other like major sort of band lineup changes that had happened, or did you kind of see a plateau, so to speak, where it's like Henry comes in, here it here is the lineup, and then they just make these iconic kind of albums. You know what I'm saying? Like, or yeah. is it you know, okay. and, and kind of like how Pink Floyd, right? Like you have the. Yeah, yeah, the you Sid have the Barrett. early era and then the classic era where they yeah. were releasing, you know, their their biggest albums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. I would say Henry probably is and isn't a part of this era. It's it's a little confusing. So you have the first four years, that record is really a document and a testament to the early punk version of Black Flag that was a bit less hardcore. Mm-hmm. Um, enter Henry Rollins, the band's touring, goes to D.C., Henry's a giant fan, goes and sees the band as many times as he can, blah, 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 gets up on stage to sing a song at the show he sees. The band notices this and says, hey, man, you can sing. Uh, Dez wants to move over on guitar. He doesn't want to sing anymore. Um, So Henry joins the band and roadies for them all the way back, finishing the tour, quits his job, um, goes all the way back with them to California. And then you have this version of the band that is Chuck Dukowski on bass. You have Chuck Biscuits, uh, later of Danzig, formerly of DOA. Uh, Greg Ginn on guitar, Dez Kadena on guitar, and then Henry Rollins on vocals. So you have a double guitar attack, Black Flag. Um, Which, listening to the tape you played me, Black Flag with two guitars. Oh, you know what? I'm Amazing. I'm so sorry. That is not the version of Black Flag that appears at first. Oh, the first okay, version okay, okay. of Black Flag with Henry is Robo on drums. Um, and then you have Dez on guitar. Um, okay. Robo drops off, blah, 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 blah. At some point, but that version of Black Flag with Robo does record the damaged album, the first album with Henry. Okay. Um, so you get that album out. That album's pretty hardcore. 
Um, it's probably the, the most hardcore album of all time. Um, Rise Above. I'm sure you've heard that song, Mike, even though you're not well-versed. Yeah. Um, this record comes out. It is a hardcore classic, but the band really can't release it because they try to release it with a national uh, record distributor. Okay. Um, and that went wrong? It went, went very wrong okay. for the band. <laughs> um, so this, the record kind of comes out. It kind of doesn't. Um, long story short, Black Flag can't release records under their own name from, like, 1981 to, uh, I believe, like, 1983. So Because of, like, some sort of legal issue yes, or something? Yes, the legal issue that was held up from the release of their first album, Damage. Gotcha, okay. So, being Black Flag, you're poor, you're touring, you're not making any money, your first full-length albums come out with your new singer, and most people can't even get it. Yeah. That's, yes, this is what this band went through. <laughs> um, so then, lineup changes happen after that album. Robo drops off the drums. You get Chuck Biscuits, formerly DOA. Uh, you know, later on, he'd play with Danzig. Um you have the double guitar lineup. We were just listening to it. This is the 1982 demos. This band never recorded, but it's so powerful. Um, mm-hmm. This is when Black Flag began writing a lot of music and a lot of different music. This music wouldn't sound very punk, to be quite straight. It's more metal and Black Sabbath influence. Um, so the crazy thing about this time period of the band is around 1982 is they almost had their next two to three releases written before they were ever released and they were holding this music um it, it was just the way it went they couldn't record any new music under the um lawsuit that they were they, st- they but they were still allowed to tour under black flag they just couldn't release new music correct huh. correct so, you get this band who just decides, well, we're going to write as much stuff as we can. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's what they do. Um, on the 1982 demo, you have My War, you have Black Coffee, um, Slip It In. And all these songs would be released in 1984, but they've been around since 1982. So... They've been had a long time to almost ferment, um, and I don't think they sound better on the record. That demo that it was you know bootlegged. Mm-hmm. I feel like that, those are the best those songs probably sounded. Yeah. Um, I feel like because it, it, they had waited so long, it, they had almost turned sour, um, which mm-hmm. gives them another element all to themselves. Yeah. When they are finally released. Um, so, when they do get released, you have the My War album, 1984, My War album, um, Greg Ginn plays bass on this record, mm. you get Henry, and you have uh, Bill Stevenson, formerly of the Descendants, taking Chuck Biscuit's place. Oh, okay. So, that's this, this lineup of the band, um, add when you get Kira in on the next album, Kira the bass player will come in, and she will fill out the rest of the band, and that's pretty much to the end of their existence. So, in 1984, you have My War released, you have Family Man released, you have Slip It In, um, and is it Live in 84 was released in 84? 
it might be my brain's a little fuzzy on that but I believe it's four albums in one year yeah so it was just that, that I mean 84 was the year that they were free of this lawsuit and they're like fuck it let's just right. release everything <laughs> so yeah everything yeah. can you imagine releasing like four records in one year yeah, I mean, try to think of another band that may have released something close to four. I mean, Sabbath released, what, two in one year, didn't they? The first one and Paranoid. Or at least they were recorded in the I, same year. I think the only band I can think of that kept maybe this kind of pace, and I don't think it's nearly the kind of pace, though, is maybe Credence released, I think, three oh. albums in 1969. You have Bad Moon Rising, you have uh, uh, Willie and the Poor Boys, and then... Uh, Cosmos Factory? Yeah, Cosmos I believe Factory. maybe Cosmos is 1970. Uh, sure. But I, you have three albums in one year from Greens. Yeah. I do know that. Um, that's quite... That's quite a thing. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. didn't last very long either. Credence was kind of like a flash, burn out kind of deal. Yeah. Um, Black Flag, though, around I, almost like 10 years, pretty much. 10, almost 11 years. Yeah. Um, so 1984, they just had this barrage of albums, but also these albums are really sludgy and really heavy. So what would you say then... Now that we've kind of like okay, we've we've gone the timeline, whatever. Uh, what, what would you say? Like, uh, in other words, try to think of bands that say influenced Black Flag. Aside from, or I'm sorry, that Black Flag influenced, right? Okay. So, like, in other words, if there was no Black Flag, you wouldn't have insert band name here. I mean, I think that I think it's not I, that it's I'm, not that I'm almost I'm almost simple, willing to course, say that. This is I think this is the biggest disconnect in again um the book uh, the, uh our band could be your life mm. I, that is this is like the connecting thing that I think a lot of people don't understand mm-hmm. is you had hair metal and then Nirvana like that's like the story that goes out like yeah that's the narrative and that it's you confusing because yeah. you're like how wait what like it was so I, bad that like I'll say this to 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 kind of like back up what it is that you're saying when I would think of punk music, when I was when I really didn't know, I mean, some musical background, I just I jumped straight to metal. You know, the 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 closest thing that I got to punk was like the first Metallica album. You know what I'm saying? That was kind of that, and then obviously like the Ramones songs that you heard on the radio. Sure, uh, and that's that's also excluding say. You know, the time and place of us growing up and stuff. Green Day's popular. You know what I mean? You get the Sum 41s. You get the, you know, you get those bands, whatever, that are kind of like that second wave of, like, pop, punk kind of thing or whatever. But, like, real, real punk. When I found out when the Ramones came out, I was like, that is so early. That's way early. Like, you know what I mean? I I just... You have an idea of, like, when you think things came out based off of the, the way that they sound. And I just wouldn't imagine... That like the Ramones. What say? What's, what was the first Ramones album? Um, I believe. Oh man, is the first Ramones album seventy six? I think it's either. I think it's seventy six. But I mean, we're talking seventy six, right? So well, what's you're talking huge? like seventy four. They starting playing. Right. So seventy four. What 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 are the huge band? What what's huge in seventy four? Like you think stadium rock, power rock. Right. Right. Your Zeppelins. Your at yeah. this point, your Sabbaths. Your you know what I mean. All these. So you think like. I just, for some reason, I felt like punk was, I associated punk with 80s. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, the association was like, well, if I could think in my head where it probably sat, probably sat somewhere in the 80s. But then you listen to it, and then you find out how early on it was. It just kind of, I don't know, it like blew my mind. It was, I was like, there's no way. This was, this is 1976? Get the, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. It, it is you like. Know? But I, it was, it's great. It's a, it's a wonderful thing to, 
you know, that's the kind of musical stuff that you... Yeah, like, it's when you first listen to the Velvet Underground, and, and you go, like, wait, when did this come out? Like, yeah. this? Well, that's, like, uh, when, recently, Luke, for, for years, Luke has been trying to get me to get into the Beach Boys, and I just went kicking and screaming. I did not want to listen to the Beach Boys, because I thought it was all, like, Surfer Girl and all that kind of stuff. And then, um, and then once I finally listened to it, and then you listen to Pet Sounds... And then that came out, what, 60... 66. 66. And then you're like, wait, this came out in 1966? Pet's House was 66? Like, it just sounds... You 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 understand all of the other music better by listening to the Beach Boys. Does that make sense? Like, you under... Like, it it helped me understand the Beatles more. It helped me understand it, the, the whole psychedelic 60s thing. Like, it kind of... It put it in more of a context for you? Yeah, yeah. I guess you could say that. Yeah. yeah in, in the way that it, you're it just kind of like... like appreciate the bands you already liked more, right? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you're like, oh, I hear... Okay, I see what they're doing here. Like, this is a... This is a... Like, a Brian Wilson kind of trick. Or this is a... You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I don't know. Pet Sounds was like... I first tried it, and I hated it, and then... I got, I got to know more about Brian Wilson and everything, and then I listened to it, and it's just like, these are songs that will make you cry, because they're just so incredibly written. Yeah. You know what I mean? But going back, again, to, to Black Flag and punk in general, yeah, it's just, it's, there are, it's a cliche to say, oh, they were ahead of their time. Right. Well, pff, with certain bands, that holds up, you know? Yeah, I feel and like... I think the early punk bands... Yeah, I, this is, this is why I think they're important. Um... You know, you could, Black Flag now. Yeah, this yes. is why I think Black Flag is important because I feel like they were the ones that really set in the underground and gave them room to breathe and showed showed everybody that you could do this. You yeah. could go out and you could be this band. And that is such a statement because not only were Black Flag touring relentlessly, they were putting out their own records. They were the ones forming this. So now when you are you have SST Records putting out Dinosaur Jr. and Dinosaur Jr. by this is by like the late eighties. Dinosaur Jr. doesn't sound that far off from the first Nirvana record to me. Mm-hmm. That is where all this comes from. I feel like you have my war, you have other landmark releases that are going towards this direction, maybe getting slower, maybe getting more introspective. Um, and they allowed these bands to blossom and gave them room to, to be those bands. Mm. And I, I think that's what's important. Yeah. And and that's only one of the aspects why I think this band's important. The other aspect is uh, is I don't think there's ever been a band since that has showed anger in the way that Black Flag showed anger. Yeah. I, and I and rage and and I feel like those emotions are are uh, you know I I almost feel like where cuz we we all have anger, we all have rage, we all have these um feelings from time to time, mm. right? And it's almost like they're not allowed in society, but everybody feels them, and nobody really wants to. I don't like. I mean, I you know people that like like getting angry, but most of us do not. It's, yeah, it's most, an emotion that we yeah. don't really like. Yeah, it's like what we spend our whole lives warding off 
those he's, emotions. The, right? You know, like put like that's like it's like when you think of death, like we spend our whole life distracting ourselves from certain truths. I think. Yeah. No. And you and, know? and, and, and so I music think gives that presents you that truth on like a plate, and it goes here. You like deal with this one. You know, deal with this. Yeah. Anger, this this know? band's going like, look at this thing you all don't want to look at. Look how ugly it is. Look how ugly it is. Look how ugly it is. But yeah. then at the same time, they're telling you it's ugly. It turns beautiful because you take everything that's ugly and you make it beautiful. I feel like that is what, yeah. uh, you know, that's what they were about. And I and that is, I think, the message of them is taking that thing that you maybe don't like about yourself mm. and making it okay, making it acceptable. Yeah, and what I do think, you think about that? I think with Black Flag, what's interesting is that they have the, sort of this undeniability about them in the same way that you listen to like Delta Blues, right? Yeah. And they're singing about you know, their wife's leaving them and all this kind of thing, you know, like you know, the the, the devil's on their doorstep you know, the drink, the alcohol, whatever, whatever but the thing is, is that you it's undeniable because they are truly, they're singing about their lives. In contrast you could say maybe like the early hip hop and stuff you know, like especially like the '90s, like Mob Deep and whatever, like uh, uh, groups like that, where it's like they're rapping about what they're seeing and what they're living, and you can't, you know, that there's no nonsense to it. With Black Flag, once you understand the fact that these dudes were on tour, they weren't making any money, they were literally going days without eating. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. And then they're singing about their experience. You can't, like, you can't. You know what I mean? Like, you can't deny that. That's, they come, in other words, it's coming from a real place. You have, okay, for example, in, in contrast, you have, like, say, like, right now, you have, like, mainstream metal bands and stuff, you know? These guys are, they're living all right lives. I'm, I'm not trying to say that. I'm assuming that, you know, they don't have mental health issues or anything. But overall, like, in other words, how can you be so pissed off all the time? If you're, you if know what I so mean. If you're living comfortably, yeah, and and again, you know, more money, more problems, right? Like I, I dig it. Like I understand you, you encounter different issues depending on your financial situations and everything, and that's not everything. But, but I'm just saying that you listen to Black Flag and you're like, oh, this is the visceral outcry of a starving man. You know what I mean? Like you don't, you, there's no, there's, you can't get around it. There's, you're like, oh God, this poor, you know, this poor guy is like there. Yeah. Like, there's literally starving. Yeah. Like albums like My War, it Slip It In, uh, Family Man, they're hard to listen to beca- yeah. I, because, like what Mike just said, I feel like that's the harsh reality of it. Even if you don't know it, they sound like they're hungry. They sound like they haven't eaten in days. Right, right. Yeah, even... That's what I'm saying. It's like... <sighs> you look at the picture uh Henry Rollins live, and he, you... From, like, 84, 85, air 86, he looks... And he is so combative, and he looks... His eyes, they're hungry. They're yeah. rage-filled. It's yeah, like, yeah, yeah. It's, it's scary. Yeah. And it's the it's the way that you can tell it's stripped down. It's it's real pure art, instead of kind of like this uh, this hyper produced, super clean. You don't even hear him breathing in. You know what I mean? Like you listen to how music is so spit polished yeah. now, and it's really because it's like trying to create a single to put on whatever major streaming service or whatever it is. It's trying to get so many millions of listens, whatever. You know, these guys are just like, screw this. Like, I have five sketches and I'm really pissed off because I'm really hungry. I'm just going to write some, you know, like, it's just, would I don't you, know, it's different. Would you say that maybe, like, 
Libra, this, let's make like a let's make a leap here. Do you think like because you you were speaking of the blues, the blues is a self expression of anguish, pain. Yeah. Do you think that the black flag black flag were uh, maybe like or maybe punk was the blues of a different generation? Or I'd say that's very accurate. Or that yeah. at least the idea and ethos. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I mean, that's what you get, right? You like you get these waves of, the, and and we attribute them now, like in hindsight, it's like you look at it like they were like. You know, you had the grunge era, you had the hair metal era, you had the whatever, whatever. And, of course, all these things tend to get a lot bigger than I think was intended, and they get bloated, and then that's why you have, like, that's why you have pop-punk bands now, because it, it, it's... <laughs> a good metaphor is, like, look at Metallica's career. You know what I mean? Like, it started off so pure and just so, like, ugh. But then eventually it, it kind of becomes kind of like a cartoon of itself. It's like... It's, yeah, but you say, like, maybe even, like, maybe, like, later B.B. King kind of cartoonish of itself. Yeah, just, like, not... You're just, like, ugh, all right. Like, I, you know... You're, you're like, I get it, bro. Yeah, like, it's like... Like, oh, like, we're, we're cool. We're, we'll pay the ticket to see you because you're B.B. King. But at the, at the same time, yeah. it was, like, kind of, like, oh, there, there's B.B. King. Because you look, you look at, like, a later a later live cut of him playing like Sweet Home Chicago and you're like yeah that's I mean it's great it's B.B. King it's probably cool if you're there but like do I want to listen to it right but then you look you watch a video of him playing at like a jail on Thanksgiving yeah like Cook County Jail yeah Yeah. you know you watch that and it's just like it it sends shivers up your spine because you're like oh my god it's a bit bit more it's a bit more on the nose it's a bit more to the point right and isn't it also fascinating that maybe like blues and folk music were also pretty much independently released written in in, in, would you say that that's kind of like you know if you think about it Chess Records independent record label um, a lot of blues artists were one-offs on record labels uh, okay oh, records yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean maybe some of these ba- uh, record labels had major uh, distribution behind them which is what the main difference would be but I feel like maybe like Chess Records definitely uh, Motown up in Detroit yeah I could. think and I feel like Detroit uh, also like the, from coming from the Stooges and the MC5 I, I feel like that ethos of do it yourself yeah. was brewing in the underground for years and I feel like they had taken that idea and get, gave it gave it to the world and told everybody how to do it yeah there was yeah, no yeah, secrets yeah. anymore they yeah. pulled back the curtain on it and it's like I mean okay another good example if you want to look at say like jazz another like what I would consider a purely American like if we're talking like hard bop jazz where you know like and right before what's bebop right where you have dizzy and uh, bird and all that yep but like it's the same thing, man. Where it's like, look at Blue Note. Uh, what's the um, uh, there's there was another one that uh, Prestige Records. Oh, yep. Same thing. Where it was like people, was in the, uh, people also like uh, Riverside, right? Like those kind of labels. Yeah, yeah and yeah, it's yeah. like because you had like and I have nothing against like Louis Armstrong, but that guy would talk all kinds of crap on like the beboppers and stuff, and like make fun of them and stuff. So what did they do? They're like, all right, well we're kind of like the outlaw fringe jazz guys. We're gonna play faster, or and then and then. Here comes Miles Davis, who, say, maybe you could draw a comparison, came from really fast hard bop. Black Flag starts off with really fast punk, and they're like, you know what? No, I'm going to do something different. And just slams on the brakes and just slows ooh, everything ooh, right back. I love it. I love it. You know what it. I'm saying? So it's like... No, it, I love it, man. Let's and that's where you see, like, that's what makes an artist a profound artist is when you can see, like, a story arc. You can see them build, 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 and then like, you know, and then a, and then a good artist will take it and then just be like, oh yeah, you like this, and crumple it up and throw it in the trash and be like, 
Let me lay some new stuff on you. Yeah. And it, it causes outrage and shock and awe and everything. I mean, luckily for Miles Davis, I think, you know, he signs to Columbia, kind of blue comes out, slows everything down, and people are, like, amazed by it, you know? But, again, sometimes it works the way it worked for Miles Davis. Sometimes it works the way it worked for, like, Black Flag or Dylan, where they call you Judas and they hate you. You know what I mean? So it's, like, it's a risk, but that's the... That what it makes, in my opinion, is, like, a defining artist, is somebody who's... Who's at the height of their career, and they just take a huge leap, mm-hmm. and that to me, uh, artistic bravery in that way, even if what they end up doing after the fact is not my cup of tea, you it's you can't you you have to tip the hat. You can't not. Yeah. You know. So. Uh, so yeah. I feel like that's a that's a pretty good wrap up on Black Flag, man. Yeah, I'd say so. I'd uh, say from so. from Miles Davis to Black Flag. Yeah, 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 and I think it's a good uh, as this being our first episode too. Allowing you guys, the listener, if there are any of you, uh, to just see like what we're trying to do here, which is basically show that behind all of this music and artistic expression, there there's like a, a common thread that that runs the length of all of these things, and that uh, we're a lot more alike, even if we don't know it, or even if we're playing in a punk band or we're playing in a jazz ensemble. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know, uh, it's all it's all the same thing, man. I think kind of one of the messages of the show is like uh, jazz can be pretty punk rock, and uh, punk rock can be pretty jazz. Yeah, well said. So well said. Well, until next time, guys. Thank you for tuning in. We're gonna try to make sure we upload lots of good content for you guys, and uh, um, yeah, yeah, we're gonna be we're setting, looking forward to it. We're setting up an email account, so maybe we want us to talk about something. Yeah, any suggestions? Uh, we want to try to set up a face, you know. It's all social media outlets and stuff like that. But yeah, if we could try to have listener um, interaction as much as possible, that would be that mm-hmm. would be great. You know, we could even, depending on who you are, I guess, Zoom you or yeah. FaceTime you or whatever. You know, have we you never call know. in. We'll do something. Yeah, we'll do something. But so um, uh, next well, time, uh, we'll talk to you. Yeah, get in the garage. Get in the garage. <laughs>